I am so excited to have in studio with me today, Jim Lewis. He is a friend. He's a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And uh, we go to the same church, and he presented recently at one of our classes. And also we had him on at the end of last year uh, to talk about meaning of life. And you have put something together. This presentation was absolutely amazing. And it's why Jesus still matters in needs in a secular world. But you talk about some basic needs that you have, have observed that people have. So let's start. What's your comments on that, Jim? Okay. So the background of that is we were studying the early church and how Christians were relating to a secular world. And the teacher made the comment that we need to show the world something different. And it was the same way with the first century. What occurred to me is that we almost can't help ourselves from showing the world something different. But the challenge is to show them something different that speaks to them, that they care about. Because it's very easy to disagree with somebody. We've got a lot of disagreement going on in this country, and it's getting more escalated. But we don't seem to be able to present something to the other side that appeals to them. And so my comment was that in showing the world something different, we need to show them how what is different about us meets their own felt needs. And so in thinking about what those felt needs were, I, I, I never tried to uh, outline an exhaustive list. So I came up with seven needs. They are not the seven needs, but there are seven needs that I see all the time with my clients in my counseling sessions. And so that's where this list of felt needs came from. And you have enormous experience. You've been a counselor for a, a long time. So this is a, a pretty exhaustive right. uh, career where you've right. come up with these seven needs. Right. So it, it wasn't something that I did years and years of research. Well, they, they were just sitting there in the front of my head because, like I say, I, every day I run into these things. And as I, we look at this list, I see that in some ways the kind of the radical progressive activists mm -hmm. in some ways are filling some of these needs as, as well because uh, these needs will be met either one way or another, I think. Yeah, I, I might say they attempt to meet those. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and there's that ongoing promise that if only we had more control, then we would really be able to fulfill those needs. Which is not true. Which is not true, but it keeps that belief going that if only, if only, if only. Okay, well, let's jump in with number one. What is number one on, uh, on the list of needs that you see every human has? Well, the first one that came to my mind, it's not necessarily the first in a sequence, but it was freshest on my mind because of my recent sessions, and that is the need to belong to something bigger than ourselves. One of the deepest cries of the human heart is, is this all there is? Mm -hmm. Am I all there is? What do I matter? And if we're all just a matter of chance and we're stuck off in a corner of the universe, then in a sense we really don't matter. But there is that longing to belong to something big, something that has a purpose, and something we can feel that we have a vital role in. And so 
that's why we see, I think that's one of the driving forces be, behind collectivism, globalism, is I want to be something, part of something huge that has a purpose, that has a future to it. And But that's something we all share as humans, whether we're left or right. Yeah, I think that's true. And as you were presenting this, I was thinking about this whole climate change, mm-hmm. uh, global warming. Uh, you know, a lot of young people, like we see Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez say, we only have 12 years left and then right. then the world is going to, or the earth is going to uh, burn up. Yeah. But actually we've seen cooling. Uh, right. So the facts don't really matter there. But But you see so many young people that have taken this, and older people as well, that have taken this on as almost like a religion. Yes. And because they belong to something. Yes. A crisis unifies people, gives them a passionate sense of purpose. And so... What comes to my mind is that we're all facing a crisis of meaning, but if we can divert it to the climate, if we can divert it to something else, if we create racial tensions or inequality, then you have another purpose that we feel we're we're strong enough and big enough to solve all together. Okay, and so I I totally agree, and and I feel that that these movements towards socialism are really grabbing people so that they, they feel like they are part of something bigger than themselves. Right. Let, let's very quickly, though, talk about and, you know, the, the positive feeling of something bigger than ourselves. How would you address that? Well, in talking to our class, I was talking about how uh, Jesus Christ himself appeals to these needs. Well, I I don't want to say appeals to him. He fulfills those needs. And so the truth about Christ is that he is the unifying purpose for everything. There is a unified whole to creation, and he's the center of it. He's the cause of it. He's the purpose of it. He's the one that made it happen. And so then we have a vital role in his creation as his representatives, and so our purpose is to bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. And so that's a purpose. Absolutely, it's a purpose. And that certainly is part of something bigger than ourselves. Oh, my word. I mean, this, this spans the whole of human history. It spans the, the dimensions of the universe. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts going on here, but let's go <laughs> okay. ahead and let's move to number two. I want to make sure that we get through all of these. So sure. what is number two on the basic human needs every human wants? We need to know that someone is always there for us. I think humans have always known that in their gut, but for the last 40 years, there's been uh, hundreds, thousands of studies in this. In the psychological world, it's called attachment theory. And what we have learned, what we've always known, is that a human, any human, even from before the moment they're born, needs to know that somebody is there, they're attuned to us, so they get a sense of what's inside us. They can even feel somewhat what's inside us. And they are so attuned and so caring for us that they are there to meet those needs. So an infant, before the infant can even talk, watches the mom's face intently and sees, does mom get it when I'm cold? Does mom get it when I'm scared? And we never, ever grow out of that. 
Well, and I think that's why Obama was so successful, is he basically said to many people that uh, that government is here for you, yes. that government will take care of you. And uh, so I think... I think it was brilliant in a way, as we're talking about in a diabolical way, let right. me put it that way, <laughs> as we're going through these, these basic needs of every human. Oh, you bet. I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing that, that the agenda of Obama and the left, I mean, they have the narrative that they say that they are addressing these things. And, um, and unfortunately, they really don't care about everyday people. It's more about power. But the messaging that they have given has been effective. It is powerful messaging. And that's one of the, I don't want to get too far into politics because that's not my area, but that's always been a concern of mine is our messaging. We're talking about how this idea is more true than that. Absolutely. Okay. We don't want to lose our logic, but the message needs to appeal to the human heart. That you're absolutely you're yeah. so right on that, yeah. Jim Lewis. You know what? We're going to go to break. When we come back, we've gone through two of the basic human needs that every human has. There's a total of seven. You're going to want to stay tuned. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, and we will be right back. I am so thrilled to be having a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, and we go to the same church, and that is Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And, uh, you have put together some a really powerful piece here, and that is seven basic human needs of every human. We've, we've talked about the first two. Let's start with number three. What is the third basic need that every human yearns for? The third need that I listed was the need to make sense of our story. So where have we been? Where are we now? Where are we going? Life tends to fragment our sense of self. So this crisis comes and it becomes our whole world. I'm hurting, and that's all I am as a hurting person. What does the future look like? More hurt. Sometimes we get trapped in our past, so we can't get over things that we regret, and we ruminate over that. We look into the future, and we predict worst-case scenarios. And one of the things we must have to break out of those terrible loops is a sense of story. So every storyline has dark places in it, has exhilarating parts of it. If it doesn't have both of those, you wouldn't read the story. And if we know that whatever we're going through is part of a storyline that's compelling, that's going somewhere that we want to go, then we get lost in our lives. You know, Jim, right, this... It, it kind of touches something that I've been very concerned about, and that is is, is what I see as the high number of suicides that yes. we have in our country today. And I, I submit to you that it's because we have gotten away from looking at these basic needs and understanding that there is some something, somebody, Jesus Christ, that can actually fill these needs. And if you have no hope then I think that's one of the reasons why that, that, that we're having this. But you're the professional. What would be your, your comment on that? Oh, absolutely. And one of the things I hear most often is it wouldn't make any difference if I were gone. Or even to the place where a person will say the world would be better without me. What's my story? Well, I'm kind of a loser. I got C's in high school, didn't make the team, never went to college, married somebody. They left me, and here I am all alone and I drink too much, and I weigh too much, and what's the use? 
What kind of story is that? I wouldn't want to live in that story either. But people can change that story. Absolutely. Well, I would say it this way, that they can see a more accurate picture of their story. Because our story goes all the way back to eternity past where God knew our name. He formed us in the womb. He had plans to redeem us and to perfect us and bring us to glory in Christ's likeness. That's a heck of a story. That's the macro view. The micro view is that God is at work in our lives to bring us through our hardships. And we come out the other side transformed. And so when we understand our own individual story as a process that has those dark places that actually form us, then we don't have to we don't have to end our lives because it's going nowhere. Well, those are so they're very important words. And I don't think that our kids are hearing that we're, we're, you know, we're seeing kids like the Covington. Well, you didn't really want to go to politics, so I'll just make a comment. Those (laughs) Covington kids that were at the March for Life. Yes. uh, When uh, this Native American came up and was beating a drum in their face, the media actually put out an untrue narrative on that. But my point is, is the messages that we have been sending to our kids. So there was a, a teacher down in Douglas County that actually, I would say, cyber-bullied the wrong kid, but a kid from Covington High School. And I'm thinking about it. This this teacher is in the classroom with these young Caucasian boys that she clearly doesn't like. And what message is she sending to them in their formative years? And we need to make sure... That we understand that kids understand every one of them, they are unique and they are valued, and yeah. they are valued. Yeah. And how they know that is the creator of everything actually sent his son Christ to die a very difficult death to overcome death because he values every person out there. And I find that is just so exciting. Yes, I mean, isn't redemption a much, much more powerful? storyline than victimless victimhood well for sure and all of us have done things that we need to be redeemed yes. for all of us nobody is perfect right. and uh and uh, you know the story of christ is that that he values us so much and it's not just a story it's a reality mm-hmm. um, but let's go ahead i want to make sure we get through all seven of these okay what is number four on this list of human needs we need to feel worthy We're all born with a sense of right and wrong, whether we deny that or not. And there is a nagging sense that I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not even my true self. And there is a desperate need to feel worthy. I, I belong to be here. We see a lot of claims to that. So you see people marching, proclaiming their pride, but there's something shrill about it. It doesn't really sound like it comes from someplace deep, and it doesn't lead to a sense of peace. It leads to agitation. So pride is no substitute for a sense of worthiness. So we carry a sense of shame around in us that we try to deliver ourselves from. So one of the reasons the left tries to eliminate any kind of sense of morality except for the morality that they create is because we're trying to shut down the shame. So if we eliminate the standard, then we don't have to feel shame. It just doesn't go away. And so... 
Well, go ahead. Well, um, I think, as you mentioned, each of us, every human being has this, this tussle with because there are times uh, that we just don't measure up. We do things that we wish that we didn't do. And this is so interesting regarding taking away the shame uh, and uh, and the if we're not honest with ourselves about this, then we get ourselves in a really difficult situation, I think, in the heart and in the right. soul. Right. Uh, so many of the desperate problems that I deal with with clients is their attempts to make themselves right. But then you get into that never good enough trap. And, oh, my word, the pain that that trap causes. Mm-hmm. You're the hamster on the wheel. But it isn't just that you can't get off. You're scared to death. You're going to be found out to be the worthless person that you think you are. And so uh, shame underlies much of the, the political strife we have and much of the individual uh, mental health problems that we have. Do you think that we have more mental health problems in America today, say, versus 100 years ago? Or, or I know that human nature is constant. It's the same. But to me, it seems like we, we have more. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have anything to compare that to because, say, 100 years ago, they didn't really have even categories to understand what mental health was. It was demon possession or there was some kind of uh, brain damage that you've experienced. And they just ignored it. And people just fell into the shadows of society. But again, I have to just in my short span of being a counselor for 20 something years, uh, I've seen a different kind of uh, mental health problem to where there there are no there are no reference marks. There's no way to know where I need to be from where I am now. I, I just don't know what to do with myself, but I'm miserable. Well, I think Jim, that's really an excellent segue into number five on your list of uh, basic human needs of of every person. That's a good insight. That really does lead to number five. Number five is we need to see how to live. It's easy to come up with a set of rules, and we all do it, left or right, center, uh, agnostic. We come up with some set of guidelines for ourselves. But when people are just trying to follow rules because they should, they end up with this terrible internal battle. I know I should, but... And what happens after the but is really what moves people, what really hurts them. And what Jesus presented with us is all of our ideals, all of God's ideals in a living person. And there was something compelling about Jesus. And who knows how to, how to itemize it. The look on his face, the sound of his voice. So... Mary thinks Jesus is a gardener after he rises from the dead. And how does she get her eyes open to see that it's Jesus? It's his voice. He just says, Mary. Uh, Well, backing up in that story, when the soldiers come to arrest Jesus and they ask him, are you Jesus? All he does is answer their question and the soldiers drop to the ground. 
How is it that Jesus went around saying to a person, I want you to quit your job right now with no two-week warning, and I want you to follow me, and they drop their fishing nets and follow him? How does he do that? There is something compelling about that man himself. And that's what Jesus tells us today, that I want you to be like me. I want you to follow me. And he is such a beautiful, compelling, elegant person that there's something in our heart that says, yeah, I'll follow you. But sometimes we as humans, like... um I think Peter or Paul said, sometimes I, I know what I want to do, but I do the opposite thing. Yeah. How, do we, how do we match that up? That happens to every human being. And that's what happens when we revert back to the rule system, because when Paul said that, he was thinking about the law. And he says, that's a very good law. It comes from God. And my spirit wants to do that. But I can't because there's a part of me that doesn't want to be told what to do. But he goes on into the next chapter and he says, However, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who are called according to his purpose. And then he goes on to say, My destiny that God laid out for me is to become like Christ. Oh, now it's a different game. Totally different game. I have a thought that I want to share with you after we come back from break. Uh, This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. I'm talking with Jim Lewis, and he is a, a licensed professional counselor. He is with Southwest Counseling Associates, and uh, he's put together this very important list of of seven human needs that each one of us uh, needs to have fulfilled. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. This is a a very important conversation with Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor uh, at Southwest Counseling Associates. Uh, We are members of the same church, and uh, you you are... a really important thinker, and I really appreciate you being in studio to do this. You have compiled a list from your vast experience of seven basic needs that every human you know, needs to have fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And you said this is not a complete list, but right. in your experience that this is seven needs that are so important to individuals. Right. But I've been thinking a lot about, we were going to have this conversation, and uh, I'm a Christian, and I still am learning. Uh, one of our good friends that recently passed on, Ron Wall, who uh, had really started this class, then started me on this journey of thinking, is, you know, what do we do as Christians? What, what is it that we're supposed to do? And there's been a lot of people say we serve Christ. Right. And, and I, I, I get that. But you can get all caught up in the, the serving part. And I realized that I think what we're really supposed to do is to love Christ. Yes. And if we love him, if you love, you know, your kid, you, you know, loving out of that is just automatically they're serving and all kinds of things that happen with that. That was kind of a big aha for yeah. me, Jim. Oh, yeah, that's very important. And that's what we were saying in that last section about we need to see how to live because when he when jesus captures our hearts like that we love him in the sense not that we're fond of him but he's the center of everything it's that that adoration of him that desire to be like him that motivates everything so we can't hold our service back if we really love him exactly yeah. so, so let's uh, let's make sure that we get through these last two of basic human needs that you have observed in your vast experience as a uh, as a counselor what's number 6 all right we need to know what's wrong with our world 
and what to do about it. I think we all know something's wrong with our world. Uh, As anybody else would say, check out the news. There is unspeakable suffering going on all over the world. And then there are the stories that never show up, but they're equally compelling. And so there's something wrong. And throughout human history, we've been trying to fix it. But we don't really seem to fix it. And what Jesus brings to us is the insight that I think we all really know, if we're honest. The problem is inside us. It's not who is ruling our country. It's not how we've been treated. It's not our history of victimization and exploitation. The problem ultimately is inside us. All those other things are real serious problems. I don't mean to dismiss those. But at the core of what's wrong with the world is us. And so Jesus brings us the promise of delivery from what's wrong with us. So he makes us into a new person when we place our faith in him. We're not all born believing in Jesus, and we're not all born with the new nature he promises us. But when we place our trust in him, he makes us a new creation. First Peter, Second Peter chapter 1 tells us that we actually are given God's own nature. We don't become God's. But there's something God-like in our very core of being. And that's ultimately the answer to what's wrong with the world. Interesting. This triggers... You triggered me. Wow. (laughs) This triggered a thought. And that is... Actually, I was a young person that told me this regarding, uh, you know, the the verse that we are made in the image of God. And so I think Mm -hmm. as a little kid, I've always thought about, you know, my physical, you know... Two, two arms, two legs, you know, that. But, but this young person said to me that, that perhaps what it means is also that we are creators. God created the, the universe, yeah. and we are creators right. and, and innovators and positive. And I thought that was so interesting. And then, of course, I immediately take it to the whole American idea. And yes. it's an idea of creativity and innovation and people having freedom so that they can go after their hopes and dreams. And I thought that is a great correlation of in the image of God. Absolutely it is. And that, those are the principles that America was founded on. The the belief that mankind is special, created in God's image, and a very clear purpose of extending his creative work in this world. Absolutely. And I'll get political for a second. That's why, humanly speaking, the United States is the greatest nation that this world has ever seen. Well, it's not perfect, but but it it is the best social contract that people have had with their government, where every day people... Hardworking people can thrive and prosper and have upward mobility. It's the best thing out there, and and we need to make sure that we protect it. So, uh, Jim Lewis, we are to number seven on your list of basic needs uh, that every human needs to have fulfilled. So the last one, in a way, summarizes all the rest of them, and that is that we need deliverance from ourselves. It's the battles that inside that shake us up the most. So we all have urges that we fight to try to stop, whether it's overeating, gambling, pornography, uh, 
But we're all fighting something that comes from inside us. And many times our efforts to defeat those urges actually feed those urges because, say, I work with quite a few guys that are dealing with pornography, and there's a cycle they all go through. And the last part of the cycle is despair. I can't believe I did it again. I am such a worthless creature. How could I descend that low? But then that feeds the cycle all over again. Because then the urges are, I need to feel better any way I can. There's no way to redeem me. There's nothing I can do to become anything but a sleazy creature, but I can at least feel better. And the cycle goes round and round and round. Can people be cured of all this stuff? Well, here's the thing. Cure can mean I have something better and I can consistently choose something better. Once you form an addiction, your brain is changed anatomically, neurologically, so that you will always have to be on guard uh, with that addiction. And yet cure can mean I've found something better and I can consistently choose it. Absolutely. That is very interesting. I can consistently make better choices. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. So, Jim Lewis, we're about out of time. Would you like to give us a kind of a synopsis of all of this then? Well, I, I think I just come back to the fact that we need to condition ourselves. Whatever else we're doing in our relationships with people, we need to condition ourselves to read through all the exterior and understand people's needs. I understand the need for debate uh, politically and even outright bare-knuckle fight. I do not mean that physically, but an example of a bare-knuckle fight uh, figuratively would be the latest uh, cis uh, debate, and it was absolutely miraculous that we were able to stop that. So there is a time to fight, and yet underneath all of that is a fact that We need to treat our fellow human beings wherever they are on the political spectrum, wherever they are on the on the religious spectrum with a sense of compassion for the needs they're trying to meet, because that's exactly what Jesus did. Okay, I have just a quick, quick question, though. Uh, And I would had a friend of mine, Casper Stockham on, and he was talking about that we are to love everyone and and that is the commandment that we are to love but what if somebody is you know like i get really frustrated with the elitists that i think are trying to take away everyday hardworking people's opportunity and freedom and i get really irritated with them how would you respond to me as i'm trying to match that up First of all, I would agree with you. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, I, boy, frustrated is a mild word for some of the things I feel. But here's something that isn't automatically obvious, and that is we can feel two things at once. We can be very, very angry at somebody. We can be disgusted with somebody, and I am regularly with some of the things I see in the political arena. And at the same time, have a deeper sense of sadness for their for how lost they are 
Interesting. So compassion and uh, sadness, that would mean that you, you care and that you love about them. Compassion and love. Yes. Okay. That's really, that's very, very good advice. So uh, this has been just pretty, pretty amazing. So very quickly, let's just go through, Jim, if you would name the seven needs that, uh, that we talked about. Okay. So we need to belong to something bigger than ourselves. We need to know someone is always there for us. We need to make sense of our story, past, present, and future. We need to feel worthy. We need to see how to live. We need to know what's wrong with our world and what to do about it. And finally, we need deliverance from ourselves. Well, Jim Lewis, thank you so much. Now, you are a licensed professional counselor. If uh, anybody is out there, are you still taking new patients or new, new clients? Yes. Okay. How can people reach you? Uh, the phone number for SCA is 303-730-1717. My voicemail is 224. If you call voicemail 220, you will get our intake coordinator, and he can uh, listen to what you're looking for. And we have a staff of 25 therapists, so he can also help you find the therapist whose specialties best line up with your needs. Okay, and that is Southwest uh, Counseling Associates, Jim Lewis. And again, what is that phone number? 303-730-1717. Jim Lewis, thank you. My pleasure. Okay, and our quote for today is Rafi Zacharias. He had four needs. He said, when you think of it, really there are four fundamental questions of life. And you've asked them. I've asked them. Every thinking person asks them. They boil down to this, origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. How did I come into being? What brings life meaning? How do I know right from wrong? And where am I headed after I die? So you really kind of, I think, took those four and expounded upon yeah, that. So. Betcha. so thanks so much. So this is Kim Munson. Uh, today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, this is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. And I don't want